Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. So Zach, I know we're talking about voting laws today, but I was just scrolling through your Twitter to see if I'd missed any of your reporting, and I saw something beautiful. Basketball camp is next weekend. You got amazing potential on the court, and I can help you get there. You shared a trailer for a new Space Jam movie with <laughs> LeBron James. I'm a cartoon? What's up, Doc? You said uh, your Twitter is a pro-new Space Jam account, and I just want to say I think we should make this a pro-new Space Jam podcast now. <laughs> I'm ready. I, I love the original Space Jam, but like I also love LeBron James. I think it's time for another Space Jam. Like Children of America have gone too long without, without Space Jam, so I'm ready for this. They deserve it. They deserve it. I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today... Now to the fallout from Major League Baseball's decision to move the All-Star game and the draft out of Georgia in the wake of their new election law. The move hailed by some as a home run, including former President Obama and partial Red Sox owner and NBA superstar LeBron James, who tweeted, proud to call myself part of the MLB family. See, that LeBron thing really went full circle here, didn't it? Anyways, today, Zach Montalero on the Georgia voting law that sparked political and corporate backlash so massive, you could probably see it from space. So this controversial voting law in Georgia that that was just signed recently by Governor Brian Kemp, it's a long one. It's more than 90 pages. And this is the point where if we were in school together, I'd be like, dude, uh, I didn't do the homework. Help me out here. (laughs) Tell me the SparkNote version of of what's in this law. (laughs) (laughs) The SparkNote version of SB202 in Georgia is that it's a big law. And that sounds like I'm cheating, but it is. And it does a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. Maybe the most prominent one is adding ID requirements to mail ballots. In Georgia, you already have to have an ID to vote in person, and now that's on mail ballots. This both codifies drop boxes in state law, they weren't previously in state law, and restricts their use compared to 2020 when there was under kind of emergency authorization. Hmm. Uh, This bill also will expand in-person early voting in especially smaller counties in the state. Now counties will have to offer early voting for some Saturdays, which was previously optional, and really was kind of focused on those larger counties, those Atlanta counties that won't see really any change to their early voting schedule, but the smaller ones will. What this bill also does is that it bans a practice known as line warming, which is giving food or water to folks in lines. Third party groups can no longer really do that. And this is in a state that's been known for some really long lines in recent elections, and it's it's more urban areas, right? Yes. Hmm. And then the part of the bill that I think we don't quite exactly know how it's going to play out in the long term is the state legislature now has more control over the state election board. The state legislature decided to replace the secretary of state as chair of the election board and appoint somebody to that position who was approved by both chambers. That now means three of the five seats on the Georgia state election board are directly picked by the state legislature. And to be clear, this is a Republican state legislature. Yeah. Hmm. It's interesting hearing you describe everything in this bill. I mean, there is a lot in it. More than just the stuff, it seems, has sparked Democratic backlash, corporate backlash. But 
There's also no denying that all of this was passed just after Biden won the November election by just 11,000 votes. Democrats also flipped two Senate seats blue in those January runoffs. And some of these changes, like the ID rules for mail-in voting, limiting ballot boxes, banning giving out drinks and voting lines, they've sparked outrage from activists who say this is an infringement on voting rights. I know this is a difficult question, but I got to ask straight up, is this an instance of voter suppression? Some of these policies may be on the margins. Hmm. I'm not sure how many voters who voted via the mail don't have access to an ID. Generally, voter ID policies are very popular broadly among Democrats, among Republicans, among Black Democrats. Uh, They're popular laws. But it is undeniably true that a certain subsect of American voters do not have easy access to ID, typically poorer voters. So will there be some voters who will either find it more difficult to vote or maybe they don't have access to ID? Absolutely. We don't know the long-term effects of it, of this law, And this law wasn't as drastic as some of the initial proposals from Georgia Republicans were. There was proposals to just get rid of no excuse absentee voting altogether. Um, There was there was proposals to end Sunday voting, which is incredibly, incredibly popular among black voters, which is very obviously targeted. But I think what's missing from this analysis is what is the root of this law change? The root of it is lowered faith in the elections. And what is the root of lowered faith in the elections? It's not that something went wrong in 2020. It's former President Donald Trump's outright lies about the election. That is why a lot of people have lower faith in the election, not because something went wrong, because Trump did and repeatedly and still does lied about what happened in 2020. All I want to do is this. I just want to find 11,780 votes. For much of the hour-long phone call, President Trump is rambling, incoherent, and spreading a litany of conspiracy theories. But he makes one thing clear. He wants Republican Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger to, quote, find enough votes to change the outcome in Georgia. And not addressing that, not kind of addressing that head-on, I think, is is an important part of analyzing this. Mm -hmm. And there are things in this law, too, that in other times probably would have gotten through with no fanfare. There's things that will help precincts that have historically long lines. It'll start breaking up those precincts going forward to to better serve those voters. The state will still have expansive in-person early voting uh, and for smaller counties, not for the big counties in and around Atlanta, but for smaller counties, this will functionally result in them having more days. It's requiring Saturday early voting, which wasn't the case in the past. Large counties already did that. But with, with these bills, with all these bills, you have to look at why and the why, the why is Trump has lied. This is one of those rare moments where we're seeing state politics, new laws rise above just straight up political conversations. It's wrapping in corporations, sports. The MLB is now moving its all-star game from Atlanta, Delta, which tried to stay out of this, eventually condemned the measure. What do you make of all of this? And do you think it could have an effect here? Yeah, I think that's probably the thing I found most surprising about this fight is companies historically do not weigh in on these kind of things. And now they're doing the opposite. Uh It's kind of fascinating to watch this too, in that they're weighing in some broadly and some with very particular complaints. I think of all the statements from companies that have laid out their complaints, Microsoft's was the most comprehensive. 
they said, yes, we don't support this law, which a lot of companies have said, and here's why, which a lot of companies don't actually do. Hmm. They had complaints about the Dropbox, limitations on Dropboxes and things like that. Mm -hmm. And that's new. It's new that companies are willing to weigh into what is a very thorny political issue, and they're all weighing in on one side. It's not like there's a company, a large S&P company saying, ah, these bills are good. They're They're all coming down saying, I don't like this law. And, you know, I don't think Georgia's going to go back and now change their law. They're out of session, first and foremost. It's how does this kind of trickle out and how does this affect other laws being pushed forward in other states? Well, keeping that in mind and the fact that we're seeing pushback to this pushback from companies, right, like Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell saying just yesterday, businesses condemning the law or boycotting are a, quote, woke parallel government. Do you think this is a trend in American politics that's going to keep escalating and that we're going to see more pressure on businesses to both get more political and to not do that? Uh, Yeah, I think it will keep escalating, right? Um, I think it's looking to the next states that are looking to pass different voting laws. Texas, Arizona, really top of that list. Uh, A lot of companies are based out of Texas. A growing list of private companies, either based here in Texas or with large operations here, are weighing in tonight on new voting proposals that are currently making their way through the Texas legislature. These bills include provisions that Republicans say would make voting more secure. American Airlines, they voted, came out against a specific law or bill, rather, making its way through the state legislature in Texas. It's one of those things that I don't know, once the bottle is uncapped, I don't think you can put the lid back on these companies speaking out. And it's a combination of, I think, pressure from consumers, pressure from Democrats, pressure from voting rights groups that are getting these companies to speak out too. But even before that, um, the 2020 election, pre-election, we saw a record, I think, a really high amount of companies, you know, just doing the basic civic duty thing, saying, please go vote, please go fill out your census. And that that was relatively new. You weren't used to corporate America even taking a neutral, nonpartisan stance to please go vote. And that changed. Zach Montalero, thanks so much for talking with me. Jeremy Siegel, thanks for having me. Also today... Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson has vetoed legislation that would have made the state the first to bar doctors from providing gender-affirming care to transgender minors, describing the measure as a, quote, vast government overreach. The bill would have marked an escalation in the GOP's efforts to enact anti-transgender measures in state houses around the country this year. It was strongly opposed by medical experts and LGBTQ advocates who warned it would interrupt with needed care. But the Republican-controlled Arkansas legislature can still override his veto with simple majority votes in both chambers, a step that Hutchinson said he expects lawmakers will take. And... Former Representative Katie Hill says that Congressman Matt Gates should resign if allegations of sexual misconduct prove to be true. In recent days, the high-profile Florida Republican has faced reports that the Department of Justice is looking into him over an alleged sexual relationship with a 17-year-old girl and potential violations of sex trafficking laws as part of a broader investigation. Hill, who resigned from her position representing California in 2019 over allegations that she had sexual relationships with a staffer in her office and a campaign staffer, wrote in Vanity Fair on Monday, quote, if there is even a fraction of truth to these reports, he should resign immediately. Gates has repeatedly denied any wrongdoing. 
Subscribe to Politico Dispatch wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, check out some of our other shows, like Politico Energy and the Playbook Audio Briefing. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening.